hit go on the record uh you should start recording Ooh, as well okay we'll, yeah, we'll clap this in in a minute but uh i just want us to watch the theme to gx real quick uh here, okay let me get through the ad i'm watching or do you want to watch it at the same time let's watch it we'll watch it at the same time okay okay i've got it paused at zero all right same ready uh so so on go so it'll be three two one go and we go on go okay, okay. three two one go Wasn't this very definitely recorded by Fountains of Wayne? This is such a much better theme. I know it's it's very definitely like a. I'm trying, I'm trying to like pin down the vibe. It's like, yeah, bitches, 2010 happened. We're all punks now. <laughs> it's cool to be a punk and good at school. Brought to you by Reliant K. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah. That, that is. Was, was my pump uh, that 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 is good. I am I'm psyched now. Your move. It's time to put a put put podcast. Hello everyone, welcome to You Active in My Podcast, the weekly Yu-Gi-Oh recap podcast. I'm Tyler. I'm Jimmy. And this week we are talking about season one, episode forty-nine, Dungeon Dice Monsters: colon, Part Four (parentheses). End game. Close parentheses. <laughs> I'd hoped you were gonna put the parentheses in there. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a, it's like a rap track. It's like feet. End game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is episode forty nine. Couldn't quite make it to fifty. I They're for the longest their time, punch one episode early. I thought they were doing forty eight episodes this season. It was like it's gonna be some sort of a constant number. Like forty eight seemed like a good even number to end on. And 49 just comes out of nowhere. And I'm like, well, now I'm all thrown off. I don't know what to do here. <laughs> that is one hell of a long season, though. It is. It is. And 49 they are, episodes. They are all this long, my friend. <laughs> uh, yeah, which is why we got that email last week about, like, please do GX because I don't want to wait a decade before. <laughs> uh, Jimmy, this is the final episode of season one. We're finally here We're finally, after all this time. Finally here. It's we, been 84 years. <laughs> we thought we were there at episode, what was it, 30? <laughs> we thought we were there at the actual uh, finale, but no, here's another finale the after season, the finale. The season ended. The character said, all right, we're done. And then 10 more episodes came out. <laughs> and then they just keep doing stuff. This is, this is Yu-Gi-Oh! Shippuden now. Uh, it is for, uh, for the show and for us, the end of season one, uh, we will be moving swiftly into season two, uh, in, in the coming months. Um, but before we start talking about this episode, Jimmy, it is time to give your final recommendation of the season. 
Because as you know, every week we like to give our listeners, if for some reason, sorry, if for some reason you're just now listening to the show, like this is your first episode of You Activated My Podcast, this is going to be weird. Uh, yeah, welcome to the very end of the season. Go back. <laughs> Turn back now. Um, no. Uh, time so- wizard. <laughs> uh t- to get the time wizard joke, please turn back 10 episodes. Uh, no. So uh, every week we like to give our listeners a recommendation of something that they can do with their 20 minutes other than watch Yu-Gi-Oh! Because even if they don't value their time, uh, we do for them. Uh, Jimmy, your recommendation this week, I've noticed, takes far longer than 20 minutes. Hey, What listen. the hell is this? <laughs> you my come recommendation... into my house. No. What's your recommendation, Jimmy? My recommendation this week is to watch the other end game that you may have heard of. The se- season finale, if you will, to the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, Avengers Endgame. Listen. People are already wasting like two hours listening to this show instead of watching, like taking half an hour to watch one episode of Yu-Gi-Oh! That's every true. week. That's true. So they might as well waste three hours and go out and watch a movie. You know, I can't fault that logic. I really can't. <laughs> Except for the fact that, uh, and this is something that actually a surprising number of our listeners have told me about, is that they uh, listen at double speed <laughs> to this podcast, <laughs> which like I'm fine with. I don't want to listen to me that yeah. long either. Uh, but you can't do that with a movie. Not in the theater, anyway. No, that would be obnoxious. So, Jimmy, without... Hello, listen. No, no, the other way. The, the other double. The other double speed. Not half speed. Double speed. They listen to yes. us as chipmunks. Well, now they're listening to me in how I normally sound. Oh. So you thought you could get around listening to me at normal speed, but guess what? I'm on to your game. I see what you did there, and I don't like it. Uh, without spoiling it, because I have not seen Endgame yet. I was famously cool on it uh, over the last month or so, and several people actually reached out to me and was like, hey, why is that? What's, what? Um, a friend of the show, Mac, uh, actually reached out, and Mac went in and did this thing that he went in totally blind. He did full media blackout before Endgame happened. Um, it's a, a good plan. I think so, because I think I think I did the opposite, and that's what ruined it for me. So, for those of us who have not seen Endgame, without spoilers, tell me... I will not spoil it. Tell me why I should see Endgame. Because they've earned this. Mm. This, ha- this is a culmination of so many character arcs and storylines uh, that we've uh, grown accustomed to having... Uh, over the last, what has it been, 10 years since Iron Man came out in 2008? Yeah. 11 yeah. years. It's been 11 years, and the as, as someone who works in film, what they've done to create this serialized storytelling but in movie form um, is just completely unprecedented. I mean, movies have had uh, sequels and stuff before, but sure. nothing approaching this magnitude. And the way they tie them all together is uh just mind-blowing in how audacious it is mm, okay because Aud- audacious is, i feel is a good word for it but yeah, yeah yeah no no go on i believe that um 
the the MCU people complain about how long it is and like uh if I want to know what's happening in this movie uh, I have to know it's I have to have seen like all these other movies and like yeah you don't complain that way about TV shows you can't go into like season five of a show and complain that you haven't seen the previous four seasons and what they're doing is basically a TV show that came out in uh longer chunks instead of episodes that's a really good point that's a really good way of looking at it i i saw there was a, a joke going around on like instagram or something that was about avengers and game of thrones mm-hmm. game of thrones is back on uh yes. and it was like uh this week all your favorite characters will die <laughs> <laughs> a lot of starks <laughs> doing stuff this weekend yeah i guess i guess there is it's starks on uh, on both ends huh Starks on parade. Um, <laughs> but um, I, I want to point out, I, I found this really cool website as like an addition to this uh, recommendation. It's called bingeclock.com, where you mm. enter uh, any show that you want, and it'll show you how long it will take to watch every single episode of it. Oh, shit. And, okay. then, and then you can like uh, cut out commercials to see how that changes the time. And minus the opening credits, you can see how long it will take to watch individual seasons. Do you know how long it will take to watch every single episode of Yu-Gi-Oh! Back to back. Uh, what are we counting as Yu-Gi-Oh! Are we counting just like main series, original I series I think just Yu-Gi-Oh? the main series, yes. Okay. Uh, I'm going to guess... Oh, I'm going to guess 40 hours? 60 hours. Four days and 16 hours. Okay, I was I wasn't too far off. That's yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um the entire MCU by comparison uh takes like 40 hours. Interesting. Okay. So you could either watch a binge watch an entire show, which is what people do all the time, or you could watch every single Marvel movie every made. Do you know how long it would take to watch all of The Office, which I know you love? Uh for me it takes about Mm, well you've done it before five oh several times my friend uh five months maybe is is kind of the usual watch time if you sat down and did nothing but watch the office Mm -hmm. uh the u.s version for our uk listeners oh yeah the uk version would take you about i mean how many episodes is it 10 it would would take you about 10 hours (laughs) yeah To watch every episode of the U.S. Office, it would take four days, three hours, and thirty minutes. Oh, so about the same bi- time to binge as watch it. Just a little bit less than Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. Huh. There are equal amounts of Office and Yu-Gi-Oh. Perfectly balanced, as all things should be. It makes me wonder how many Office fan casts are out there, like Office rewatch podcasts. There's got to be at least one, right? The, oh, there. I'm sure there's dozens, if not more. Uh oh, here's. Oh, this will be terrifying to click on. You know how long it would take to watch every episode of The Simpsons? Oh, God. Like a year. 13 days, 20 hours, and 30 minutes. Oh, fuck. And that's with no commercials, no breaks, no no nothing. No nothing, yeah. Yikes. Yeah, no thanks. I'm good. (laughs) Uh, Did you see that thing where they were... I forget who they is in this case, but somebody was offering to pay people like a thousand dollars to sit and watch all the Marvel movies in succession. Yeah. There have been uh, a number, I think of Marvel binge watching parties where just the entire theater is rented out for like 
a long weekend and people like bring blankets and snacks and things and get like commemorative t-shirts and stuff. Wow. Uh, I know, uh, a friend of mine, uh, tried to get in, but didn't cause he had to like apply to get in so you can, cause there's only limited number of seats and stuff. Yeah. It's like a job application too. You have yeah. To, like, pretty much references and stuff. But man, that would be, I don't know if I'd want to do it all at once like that. That'd be a little much. No, probably not all at once. I am really interested, though, and I have been actually for a long time. Uh, I forget when exactly I first found out about this. There was a, a guy on Reddit who, I've probably talked about this on the show before, but there was a guy on Reddit who cut together all of the Marvel movies and, like, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and... Um, uh, uh, Agent Carter episodes so that each scene was in chronological order. Oh, interesting. It, yeah, it, I think you mentioned this it was before. like It was like 30 hours long, all told. Uh, but it started with uh, the intro to Thor 2, which is like 30,000 BC or whatever, and then just yeah. goes in chronological order from then. Uh, and he put up notes on like, here's the timestamp of every edit that I made so that you can make it on your own. And I, I've always kind of been curious about that. Like if I had, you know, an infinite amount of resources and a week off mm-hmm. to edit it together and then a second week off to watch it all, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would be, that would be an interesting experiment, but yeah, I wonder how that would affect like the narrative cohesiveness of everything. I don't know. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I feel like it would still make sense, but it would be like, I, I, I can certainly imagine there being a setup to a joke that doesn't pay off for 12 hours. Yeah. Much like what happens in this episode, actually, weirdly enough, <laughs> this episode <laughs> of Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, yeah. But yeah, no. Okay. So, all right. That's as, as hostile as I was towards the Avenger fandom uh in recent episodes i apologize i i get it like it's a it's a big deal that this movie is coming out and is like bringing the story to fruition i'm gonna go see it we're probably gonna see it saturday i think is the plan um and uh yeah i'm glad well by the time by the time this episode comes out you will have already seen it because we're recording this like a week ago that's true yeah should i should i record some like sort of initial sort of filler uh uh, reactions to it just to cover all the bases (laughs) just say wow gosh jeepers okay here we go wow that person really got themselves into a whole lot of trouble (laughs) they sure did tyler they sure did uh <laughs> well, good. So yeah, that's okay. my that's my recommendation. This nice. is this segment has gone on long enough. Rather Watch than watching Endgame, six episodes of Yu-Gi-Oh. No, wait. Uh nine episodes of Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> Go watch Instead of watching game. Endgame, you could watch Endgame. And again, that uh website I found is bingeclock.com. Nice. Cool. What is your recommendation this week, Tyler? My recommendation this week, you know, I've been feeling a little nostalgic. Uh, it's it's the end of season one for us, and we've been talking about all these things that we're going to do to, like, make season two even better. Uh, my recommendation is going to be a little maybe self-serving in that nostalgia. I, I like your recommendation this week. So for those of you who've been listening to the show for a while, and there's a, a lot of you, like, way more than I ever, ever expected. Uh, I think Same. I, I can't believe people, like listen to us while they're commuting if you're listening to this right now while commuting thank you thank you good job 
honk honk uh like no don't honk <laughs> no don't do it don't do it uh so this this project started from like for me this project started from like a mindset of I need to do something creative and I need to do it with people that I care about because otherwise I will just go crazy and be like, I don't know, sad that I'm not doing stuff. Cause like, if I don't, if I'm not forcing myself to do something on a regular basis, I'm just going to stay home and play video games. Right. Like, mm-hmm. and that's fine if that's the thing that you want to do. But I, I was in a spot where I was like, I have like a physical need to do something social. Uh, and so I pitched this idea to you, Jimmy being like, all right, we know that we want to hang out anyway. Let's just like make this a regular thing that we do. I expected it to last maybe like we started in January, right. Of last year. I expected it to last maybe till June at the most. And now here we are almost, well, it will be May by the time this episode comes out. May of the following year. <laughs> yeah, my initial reaction was like, Tyler, that's a stupid idea, but okay. And that was exactly the reaction that I hoped for. And I, I was just like, let's just make it, a, it, it's a shitty idea, so we don't have to care about it. We only have to make it for us. Nobody's going to listen to it. And now, so I, I checked our stats, and I texted this to you, Jimmy. I, I have like very rough stats on how the podcast is doing. And we have been at like over 600 hits for the last two months, like over 600 every week, right? Which is about 600 people more than I expected. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was expecting like maybe two people would listen to us because they know us personally. Right. I don't think us combined know 600 people. Probably not. Right? Like I certainly don't. (laughs) I, I have maybe what, like 50 friends on Facebook at most? It's it's insane to me how many people have like expressed uh, their enjoyment of the show. So I'm going to stop babbling on. My recommendation this week is while we're in this sort of period between season one and season two, if you have friends, if you have enemies, if you have parents, if you have uh, pets, tell them about the podcast. Tell them why you enjoy it. Have them go and start from season from episode one, right? Because we have changed a lot over the year as as people and as podcast hosts and as a podcast, we've changed a lot. And we're just going to keep getting better from here. So I'm, I'm really excited for like where it's going. And I think now is going to be the time to tell people like, hey, catch up with this podcast because it's going to get bonkers. Uh, also, rate and review on iCast. On, uh, uh, iCast? iCast. I, rate and I review can. on iCast. So what I wanted to say there was iTunes. Like, but comment, I, and subscribe. <laughs> what I wanted to say there was Tyler, iTunes. Tyler, smash that motherfucking like button. They changed it to Apple Podcasts and didn't tell anybody. So like and subscribe on uh, Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review. It really, it honestly does help. Like, that's how they boost up the new and notable shows of like, here's the thing you should listen to is just number of reviews that are left. Um, so it's a dumb thing to say, right? Like it's, it's very much like a shill move, but if ever there were a time to tell people about the podcast, now would be it. I genuinely think that we can get double our listeners in season two. Like that would mean just the world to me that there's this stupid ass thing that we make that reaches a thousand plus people and like makes them happy for, you know, hopefully no more than an hour and a half a week next time, next season. Uh, yeah, we're, but, we're know, working on it. At least an hour a week, uh, every week, I, I think is, is kind of the goal. 
Um, yeah. So if you do that, that would just mean a lot to me. Um, thank you. Thank you. End of recommendation. <laughs> uh, because... My recommendation this week is me. <laughs> <laughs> like me, damn it. Uh, all right. Uh, because we don't have any emails this week, uh, let's dive into the episode. Let's get into the end game. Let's do it. It's time to discuss the episode. Jimmy, as I mentioned, this week we're discussing Season 1, Episode 49, Dungeon, Dice, Monsters, Colon, Part 4, Open Parentheses, End Game, Close Parentheses. <laughs> what is the translated Japanese title of this one? Oh, that's a really good question. Do you know? Shit. Oh, I... I knew, and then I closed that tab because I am a dunsling. Um, dunsling, my favorite Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> and Dunster. my favorite Pokemon. Weird. Uh, it's loading. This is why everyone likes the show, right? Great audio moments like this. <laughs> uh, Love that. Okay, that classic dead air moment. Okay, what is so, it? So, okay, so... It is a better title from the translated Japanese, but it also demonstrates the issue with this episode that I have uh, that I'll hop into after saying the title. So the title translated from Japanese is The Miracle Dimension, The Black Magician is Summoned. Which the is a miracle dimension. I Okay, don't know what that is. Putting that to the side. The Black Magician is Summoned is a great name for an episode of literally any show. You could put that in any television show and it would kind of work or at least evoke a feeling right uh boy did you see that episode of scrubs where they summoned a black magician <laughs> okay if it's scrubs that just it just makes me think of turk in a cape <laughs> uh so okay so the reason that that still bothers me is it is the end the real end now not the not just the story end but the technical end of the season of Yu-Gi-Oh. Season yes. one of Yu-Gi-Oh! is season finale. after this. No more Yu-Gi-Oh! maybe. Uh, no, they probably already knew that they were getting renewed. But this episode and the episode title, other than parentheses endgame, do nothing to clue you into the fact that it is done for now. That they have closed this arc. Yeah. No work is done there. It's just another end of a of a mini arc. It's just another end of a four parter. Right. We get a we get a brief little hint of something right at the end, like the very. It's almost a post credit yes. scene. But nothing else in this episode clues you into the fact that hey, this is maybe an important moment in our lives. Children, gather around. Allow me to tell you the tale of Yu Gi Oh and how it touched us, and let us have a moment of silence. For the end of the beginning. Let us pray to the heart of the cards. I mean, like <laughs> that would be a much better episode, right? Like that's that's how the, the season should go out, but it just doesn't get there. But we're not in our, our best or worst yet, so I'm not going to continue to drone on about that. This episode opens with... Oh, I have another thought. <laughs> I just looked at my notes. I was like, okay, I'm done rambling. No, I need to yeah. complain some more. Jimmy, it is wild to me, wild, that we are 49 episodes in. And at this point, Yugi has not only solved the Millennium Puzzle, trapped 
the soul of a 5,000-year-old pharaoh in his childlike body, learned how to do the mind shuffle, beaten the inventor of the card game that has subsumed the world, but he has uncovered a millennia-old, vast and wide conspiracy that involves collecting magical artifacts of which he owns one. And we're spending four episodes learning how to roll dice properly. Yeah, all this like important story stuff drop, dropped in the last, like, what, week of his life? Mm-hmm. And then he just goes back to school like nothing happened. And it's like, oh, weird, a new game. I'm going to learn all the rules. And here we are, spending four episodes of our life on it. Because yeah, we're spending all of this time uh, learning how to play this new game that we're not going to see again. Right. Ostensibly. What, like... What <laughs> What's is the point actually, of all this? Exactly. Like, this is a child who has the ability to erase evil from a person's soul. This is somebody who, like, the, the visualization for the powers that they have is they make eye contact with somebody and then that person's world turns to glass and shatters and they become broken. But here he is. The colors invert and everything they know is just erased. And yet here that same person is playing a dice game so that his friend can stop wearing a dog costume. (laughs) The stakes are high here in Yu-Gi-Oh!, what is this episode? <laughs> uh, okay. Those are my chief complaints <laughs> out of the way. How does this episode start? Um, I, I do want to point out, like, if we're still talking about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it's Bring like on. in um, If Endgame, uh, the movie, they just completely ignore Thanos and all the stuff that was going on, and it's entirely based on the the line from oh i think it was age of ultron where tony stark is like who keeps putting coffee grounds in the garbage disposal and then the entire (laughs) last two movies of the mcu are just the mystery of who put coffee grounds in the garbage disposal see i would watch that movie is the thing (laughs) that actually sounds like it would be very good so i'm not going to this is like if avengers endgame is like them teaching captain america how to use email (laughs) okay now you click on this click what does that mean well you have a mouse uh and you move it and then like captain america picks up the mouse and like points it at the (laughs) the computer and is like trying to move it around (laughs) listen here old man oh boy uh yeah it it i i have no words i have no words uh this episode starts. <laughs> this episode starts. Let's just get let's let's say that much. It begins. Yeah, this episode starts and we're immediately back in the thrilling action of this dice game. Meanwhile in Yugi's duel. Uh yeah, it's Yugi going dice roll. Uh <laughs> Yeah, he gets uh, he moves twin swordsmen to guard his heart points, uh, and that's it. 
Yeah, it's very dramatic, though. He rolls his dice, he moves his mice, uh, and now Orgoth is coming to get him. <laughs> he's coming. Specifically, no one can resist Orgoth the Relentless, and he's coming for you. That's what she said? <laughs> is, that, is that how that works? Is that how that joke structure goes? <laughs> phrasing. Uh, are we not doing phrasing anymore? Uh, I love your sex tape. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Duke Duke says very specifically that no one can resist Orgoth the Relentless, which is why he's called Orgoth the Relentless. <laughs> uh, and yeah, so he, he moves, he rolls a movement crest. Uh, he gets Orgoth the Relentless to move to the Warp Vortex. Uh, yeah, just a brief they... recap. Uh, he has Orgoth the Relentless, which ostensibly is like this most powerful monster mm-hmm. and he they placed the warp vortex so uh they can easily go between each side of the field right yeah so he can easily take orgoth relentless from deep space nine to the gamma quadrant exactly is that how that works did i get that right <laughs> um the yeah, prophecy he, is fulfilled he <laughs> he uh and while he does so so orgoth moves like space by Vedek space orgoth right? takes over bajor <laughs> and he he steps so slowly he's like he's like the scene in the power rangers where it's uh the the megatron uh not the megatron fuck megazord <laughs> uh and it's the megazord but it's definitely the guy in the suit and he's walking and it's so hard to walk in that costume and he walks so slow so slowly in fact that Duke explains no fewer than four times what is about to happen. <laughs> they do that a lot in this episode where they, where Duke does something and then he explains what's about to happen. And then Yugi explains what's about to happen. And then the thing happens. Yeah. And then like every now and then Joey and Tristan and Taya will chime in with like either not understanding what's about to happen so that it can get explained again. Or they'll say, oh, that thing's about to happen. Exactly. And then it happens. Orgoth relentless, relentlessly Orgoths into the warp <laughs> vortex. I couldn't come up with a verb there. Uh, he ch- he hops in. He dives like I got into the swimming pool uh, up until age now. Just feet first, no flourish, no no real movement of any kind. Just sort of bloop. Uh, he belly flops into the event horizon <laughs> and uh warp portal effect comes out the other end close to yugi's heart points this is the warp vortex now that yugi put down on his side of the field uh is it me or did they straight up steal the star trek warp effect here uh they may have it sounds exactly like original series star trek like teleporting it's been a while since I've heard the original series teleporters, so I I didn't catch it. But you would know better than I would. Thank you, Jimmy. Thank you for... I feel seen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, after the move is done, Duke says, The end is near, Yugi. And Yugi thinks, I think not. Which is <laughs> how you can tell that Yami is the one talking, because he says shit like, I think not. Yeah, he has the most dramatic lines, whereas little Yugi would just be like, oh, golly, what's going on? Uh, and then it's Yugi's turn. What does Yugi do? Uh, he gets, he rolls and he gets, he goes, he go dice rolls. And There's got to be a better way to crest. say that. <laughs> he rolls the dice. I don't know there why they keep yelling go dice roll. 
but the point is he gets some movement crests and he gets his monsters to move in like a little barricade around his heart points. Which is like a good move, right? Like It's he's a like, good move. Okay, fine. This dude called Orgoth the fucking Relentless is coming my way. <laughs> Let me just put some meat shields up real quick, buy myself some time. That sounds nice. Like, that sounds like a decent plan. Uh, yeah, but Duke is not impressed. He says, how sad. The so-called king of games is in a desperate retreat. You coward. And like, yeah, Duke, Yugi making sure he doesn't lose the game means he's bad at games. Yeah, what you know? What it's, a weird thing to make fun of him for. What's that? Uh, it's a good defensive move. What's that? Um, that classic film. Um, shit, I'm gonna lose it now. Cadet Kelly. Cadet Kelly, cinema classic, <laughs> features. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm getting this right. Uh, a history teacher talking very specifically about how an important battle maneuver was not a retreat. It was an advance to the rear, <laughs> which is what inspires Cadet Kelly to go dance good and then be in two more seasons of Lizzie McGuire. Uh, but uh, wow, that I can tell already that reference did not land at all with you, and I'm very glad. It is way over my head. Uh, Cadet Kelly was a Disney Channel original movie about a military school kid played by uh, Hilary Duff who uh, starts uh, training in the color guard and then decides that she wants to ribbon dance instead, uh, along with Ren from Even Stevens. Um, okay. Yep. Yep. It's, uh, yep. Uh, so Duke moves Orgoth uh, to attack Yugi's monsters and then plays a magic card, pardon me, crest, to up Orgoth's attack to 40? which I suppose is high, although I have nothing to measure that against. Yeah. We're not really... The the numbers for each monster kind of appear briefly on screen the first time they're summoned, but then it's not really... They don't make a big deal of showing us what each creature's stats are later. Right. And so it's I like, guess it's powerful. It sounds powerful, right? Like when he talks about it. But when you see the number 40 come up, I'm used to, you know... Even Beaver Warrior has 1,200. Yeah. 1,200 is a lot higher than 40, Jimmy. I don't know. I don't know why we're scared of this yeah. Orgoth guy. You'd, you'd think that given the amount of crest that he gets, uh, it gets even more powerful. But it just is enough to attack one little guy. Right. And so, destroy it. Yeah. So Orgoth kills Thunderball, my precious son. <laughs> you're you're a round sphere boy. I just love him so much. No, well he's dead. Yeah, <laughs> so it goes. <laughs> uh, nothing good can last. Uh, at which Joey says, "This is maybe my favorite line of the season." Uh, Joey sees Thunderball getting demolished and s sort of mopes in his dog costume and says, "Looks like I better get used to the taste of dog chow." because <laughs> he's just given up hope uh yeah duke continues to to gloat because now he's on the on the win again he's on the on the victory trail uh and yugi says don't write that victory speech just yet devlin yeah and again meanwhile, proving he is a five thousand year old man grandpa is still watching uh in the crowd outside and he says, just like dual monsters, the game's not over until the final move is made. 
which is funny to me because the only thing Grandpa has to compare this game to is the only other game in existence. Yeah, he he tries that a couple of times this episode too, where he's like, I think it's at the end of the episode, he says, this is the most exciting game I've ever seen since Duel Monsters. Yeah. And it's just like, what other games exist, Grandpa? <laughs> there are no other games. This is the only thing you've seen since Duel Monsters. Is it just a, a phrase in this universe, like the best thing since sliced bread? Ooh, prob- probably, actually. <laughs> Where sliced bread was a high watermark of how good and useful something is? Well, that's Duel Monsters here. It's the best thing since Duel Monsters. <laughs> Nothing else has come close. I used to be really into finding canned bread, just so I could make that joke about how it's the best thing since sliced bread. Canned bread is actually pretty good. It you, sounds... You mock it now. But it's I do good. mock it now. Uh, <laughs> uh, Yugi rolls uh, and uses Mighty Mage's magic to uh, attack Orgoth from two spaces away. Yeah, this entire time he's been kind of like beebly bobbly boopling on his uh, help laptop. <laughs> Building Cinderella a dress? <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, exactly. But he's like researching like special moves and stuff. And so he's like, I checked out my help screen, Duke. And it says you have network connectivity problems. No, he doesn't say that. (laughs) I just knew that you would get a kick out of that. That's a much better line than what he does say. Yeah, but he finds out uh, Mighty Mage has a special attack that lets it attack two spaces away. uh, And he sends it to attack Orgoth. Yes, and he's thinking, ah, I have however much damage and... Orgoth can only defend for so much damage crest things. Uh, so that means that I'll probably be able to kill Orgoth. Uh, yeah, they and... spend like a good minute talking about damage points and stuff. And it's like, it's not even high numbers. It's like he has six attack crests and Orgoth, or is this is this later? Am I thinking of later? Because it happens twice. They yeah. do a lot of stuff. No, I, it does. It, it's not important. It's not a, anyway. But they talk about it for like a good minute. Yeah, so Orgoth defends with an extra defense crest and ends up only taking 10 damage, which is apparently a little, even though that's a quarter of 40, which is a lot. Uh, and somehow that also means that Mighty Mage took damage. Uh, so as a result of this attack that was like a special thing that Orgoth shouldn't have been able to defend against but did, Mighty Mage took... Uh, like half its life points in damage, which leaves it at question mark number of life points. Impossible to tell. Yeah, I have no idea. The numbers change. What do they mean? It doesn't matter. The numbers could stay the same for all I know. Like, I'm not saying that the show's math is bad. I'm just saying they're not showing their work. Yeah, they're not going to show you what's going on here. Uh, uh, what does he do next? Uh, it's Duke's turn, and so he... Uh, has a crap ton of stored crests, so he boosts Orgoth attack power to 70. and Which he is also high. Yes. Okay. And Higher he attacks the mage. Right. Killing it. And kills it. Okay. Mighty mage is no more. There we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, at this point, uh, Joey... No. Yugi... What does he say? Oh, so, okay, so Joey and Yugi have really good lines here, and I only wrote down Yugi's line. What does Joey say here? 
Joey gets a whole like inspiring speech. Yeah, because Yugi starts to be like, "Man, maybe I'm not actually good at this game. Maybe like I am gonna like not be able to play Duel Monsters ever again. Maybe I shouldn't be the king of games." Yeah, but Joey uh, like calls him out on it and is like, "No, Yugi, you are good at games. Do you remember?" Uh, on Duelist Kingdom when you defeated all these like champion duelists and then defeated the creator of Duel Monsters at his own game. Well, you're good at games and you're going to do that again with Duke Devlin because he's just a chump compared to Pegasus and all that kind of things. But it's important to note he gets this entire inspiring speech while still wearing the dog costume so it's, his message is blunted a little <laughs> and it and it gets it gets uh ended it gets cut short too by the cheerleaders who are like uh oh we should put a muzzle on you yeah <laughs> literally threatening to muzzle a human is how this ends um but yeah he gives this like recap of the whole first season uh, and we get like little flashbacks of all the duelists. We get reminded that Weevil Underwood is the best character of the whole goddamn show, and I love him. Uh, and uh, he says, if you just trust in yourself, you can still win. And then Taya ruins it by saying, keep the faith. And then Tristan and ruins it even more by saying, even inspiring Inspiring speech, Joey. No one can accuse you of rolling over and playing dead. And then Grandpa tries to save it by saying, That's right, Yugi. Trust in your heart and the dice, and you'll never lose. And so Yugi is like, Hey, you're right. As long as I believe in the heart of the dice just as much as the heart of the cards, uh, Dungeon Dice Monsters is no different. So... Now, okay. Now, hold... hold. So, all of them say a thing. Grandpa says a thing. And then Yugi responds to the thing that Grandpa says. Did you catch this? Oh, no, I didn't. Grandpa is outside the building. (laughs) Grandpa is nowhere near earshot to them. They don't have a mic hooked up to Grandpa. And yet somehow he feels (laughs) that Grandpa's energy is telling him to trust in the heart of the dice. You know, it's the heart of the dice. Is that it? He is able to commune with his grandpa. Somehow. We have, we have clearly established that Dungeon Dice Monsters also has a heart of the dice. Um, yes, we have. That's so true. now we've established That's two games have hearts that just kind of appear in like the pieces that you use to play the game. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if the Yugi verse just has, like, on a metaphysical level, it just has a limited animism that only applies to games. Oh, like, these are the two things that have. Like spiritual power is games. Now, is it is it all games or is it just games with dual monsters? Yeah. Do do they have? Is this like an inherent uh, thing of, that they have? Just an inherent quality that is, these games have, or do inanimate objects become intelligent and gain spirits when interacted with by humans? If I carve chess pieces into the form of dual monsters monsters do they have a heart oh do you think you can like grant them grant your chess pieces the power of the heart of the cards by giving them the forms of these ancient like demons and stuff that they actually fought with i'm just saying is that how it works i don't know or is it or is it literally anything that we wish to play game with food for thought 
yeah, this is, this is some uh, some real deep thinkers. Uh, except then, uh, <laughs> it's all cut short when y- Yugi, little Yugi says, "Let's do it, partner." <laughs> Yugi has not yeed his last taw yet. Yes. Um. So it's clear that they are two separate personalities in this body. Um. But they still refer to themselves in first person, not like, uh, that like they don't talk to each other. Mm-hmm. They still refer to themselves in first person as we or as I. My, what's my right. next move yeah. in this game? Not what's our next move in this game. Right. That's really interesting. I I wonder like, I'm trying to think if there's any other sort of dual personality characters that I can think of like that merged consciousness. Do that like Firestorm maybe. But even then, there's a lot of talking back and forth. Is it like when you have like a two-headed dragon and like it has two heads or whatever, however many heads, but they mm, still control mm-hmm. one body? Like how is consensus reached between the personalities here? It's like a cat dog. <laughs> yeah, but still cat dog, the cat and the dog each control one one side of the body. That's true. That's true. Disturbingly so. <laughs> they're still uh, still completely different people inhabiting right. the body of cat dog wow we have gotten very metaphysical this episode what happened to us there's uh, a lot to unpack here that the show just doesn't ref- it just refuses to go into yeah no that's true that's true uh <laughs> i want to like keep talking about the show just to get to more weird metaphysical moments. Uh, Yugi, fuck, what does he do? Oh, he moves his knight. Yeah. Ta-da, he moves it two squares. He did it, yay. Uh, And then he spends six attack crests. Oh yeah, here we go. uh, To attack Orgoth the Relentless uh, and overcome his five defense crests that Duke has. So he spends another couple of minutes explaining that, right? That six Mm -hmm. is more than five and attack and defense are opposites. So six attack beats five defense just, you know, for the people in the back. Uh, Well, while we're on metaphysical stuff. Yeah. um, He does have a very interesting line here that I thought was weird. He says, I call on the Knight of Twin Swords, not I send my Knight of Twin Swords to attack Orgoth. He calls on him. He requests his aid and power. Yeah, it's very polite. It's very formal. He sends an invitation to the Knight of Twin Swords. And should he oblige him, please move forward two spaces at the nearest convenient time. It's very... uh, well, I mean, it is Yami, right? Like, his best friend is Dark Magician. That's true. And... So sorry, are these... Pepper just started drinking water so loud. Pepper, we have got to make that ASMR tape, bud. <sighs> Everyone loves hearing dogs slurp. Well, so, like, a friend of ours said that she's into ASMR and especially like the eating ones. And so we just started recording stereo audio of Pepper eating his food. Yes. You sent that to me. We want to do one. So the one we sent you was with his wet food 
We want to send you one with just the dry kibble because I think that would be like like the crunchiness might really get the get the tingles tingling. Okay, he's done. See, ASMR doesn't affect me, which I'm kind of disappointed about because it sounds nice. Yeah, I want to know what it's all about. You know, like I get it. I understand the concept. I understand why it's appealing, but it just like at a certain point, you're just listening to lips smack together and that's not great. Yeah, I don't think even if I was affected by ASMR, I don't think I'd want to listen to a dog. (laughs) Your dog slobber his food on the floor. That is fair. You know, it was a good part of that recording, though, is hearing his little toenails go click, clack, click, clack, click, clack on the floor. Right. Which that was is very another, cute. Supposedly, that's a that's a very high uh, ASMR ranking sound. Um, <laughs> uh, back to the show. So Yugi finally moves the knight forward. Pardon me. The knight does a favor to his personal friend Yugi and moves forward two spaces. And then uh, Yugi uses his six, which is more than five, attack crests to overcome Orgoth's five, which is less than six, defense crests. To which Duke yells with spittle flying from his jowls, you amateur. Which, fair. Yeah, this is literally the first time he's playing this game. You can't get more amateur than that. Uh, And then he activates a special ability of is it Yoranzo? Is that yeah, what it it's is? Yoranzo, which is his monster who's like the zombie guy who's popping out of the treasure chest. Oh yes, the potato sack race monster from, from <laughs> the last potato episode. sack race monster. Uh, uh yeah, so he activates Yoranzo's special ability, which does what exactly? Yoranzo can take any crest and change it to a defense crest. And so Yoranzo like take like starts summoning this sphere of energy forming a crest that then like goes beep 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 and turns into a defense crest and then he just like takes it over his head and yeets it across the field. <laughs> he kamehameha's a defense crest into Orgoth uh, he to protect a defense him. Crest. Yeet. <laughs> Yeet. Uh, yeah, and it and it slams into Orgoth and gives him more armor, I guess. Uh, and so the Knight of Twin Swords attacks with its dual blade attack, uh, and uh, it gets completely absorbed. Yeah, uh, nothing happens. And nope. so Duke says, now you see just why they call Orgoth the Relentless. But, like, who's they? Who Who is who's calling Orgoth the Relentless? Because he makes it sound like the Relentless is a title bestowed on him by, like, random onlookers, but no. Oh, and, like, they... not the thing written on the card? Yeah, someone went and wrote his name on the card. Someone, like, designed the Pegasus. card to be named. Yeah, Pegasus. 100% Pegasus. Called him Orgoth the Relentless. His, it's not just Orgoth, and then, like, people were playing the game, and they are like, wow, Orgoth, he is relentless. We should call him Orgoth the Relentless. Do you think they went through other uh, titles for Orgoth before settling on the Relentless? Orgoth, the big beefy boy. <laughs> Orgoth the Wise. <laughs> I am no He's longer Orgoth wise. the Relentless. I am Orgoth um, the White, and I come to you now at the turn of the tide. tide. <laughs> Except Orgoth doesn't speak ever. Every time he moves, he just bellows like an ox. He does. It's upsetting. So it's just like, Urgh. I have no mouth, 
but I must bellow. <laughs> I have no mouth, but I must. Uh, now I'm just thinking of um, young Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> He's just going to start tap dancing to putting on the Ritz. Ritz! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but then Orgoth brutally murders Knight of Twin Swords. Yeah, he, he dies. Uh, with his diamond blade attack. Yeah, just is, like in Duel Monsters, they have to yell out what the name of the attack is that they do. Even though it's not written anywhere on any of the cards, the attacks May- don't have names. They just have attack power. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, that happens. Uh, at which point, I think Yami becomes a, a poet? Is this is this his first like single that he's releasing right here? Because he's he says he looks at his his apparently good friend Knight of Twin Swords being cleft in twain, and he says it's easy to give up, to give in when things get tough, but that's not the way to win. Pack it up, pack it in, get ready, let the battle begin. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, he gets this like very determined look on his face and he says, you know a lot about this game, Duke, but you've got a lot to learn about the people you play it with. And then he rolls the dice again, because that's what happens. (laughs) And Duke says, Duke has a great line after this, after this like inspiring speech about friendship and whatever. He says, what you got, preach? (laughs) (laughs) I like how you called it an inspiring speech about friendship or whatever. (laughs) But yeah, he does call him preach, which I think is a is a, a very apt description for what Yami Yugi is doing here. Like yeah, he's kind of like... stopped playing the game at this point, and he just wants to shout platitudes at Duke to try and maybe change his mind about being such a dick. He's dropping his hot new uh, slam poetry for the first time since he wrote it in the original cuneiform tablets five thousand years ago. I mean. I'm, like, I'm not going to lie. Like, if Tyler, the creator, wanted to come out with uh, a Yu-Gi-Oh!-based rap album, like, I'd buy that, you know? Yeah, I feel like this series is ripe for rap battles. I think it is. As as we've established, Sorry, actually, rap duels. As we've established, duels are rap battles because he with the most friends wins. That's true. Uh, Yugi rolls the dice. Because that's how the game works. And Can't he gets forget. nothing. He gets nothing. Nothing happens. Duke rolls the dice. And he gets two movement crests. Duke so yells, Orgoth, just just watch the master roll his dice. And that's not a skill. It, it's random. I mean, unless you're that like five-year-old kid who puts the, the dice in the cup. And then he spins the cup. And then the dice are all stacked up. Like, that's cool. Right? Yeah. That's a skill. It's not rolling but it's a skill. Uh, He rolls. I legitimately thought he was going to get nothing this turn. I was really waiting for that, like, aha, you don't have the heart of the dice. Uh, But no, he gets two movement crests. He 100% has the heart of the dice. He is the heart of the dice. Uh, And he moves Orgoth into range of Yugi's heart points. Uh, He also has Orgoth attack. I don't know why they can attack if they don't get two attack crests. Does that make sense to you? They have to get matching crests for everything else. Anyway, he attacks. It's very dramatic. He takes out Yugi's life points. Yugi flinches and, uh, and, and, you know, this is the same sort of thing that would have given grandpa a heart attack. Uh, 
but uh, he still has a heart point left, so it's totally fine. Yeah. So he explains very dramatically that he can turn this around. He will win this duel because all he needs is just one more monster. <laughs> then uh, Duke has quite possibly the worst line of the episode. Yeah, it's a bad line. We both wrote this down. It's really bad. You don't have any room left to dimension the dice. <laughs> and it's ain't, true. Ain't that the truth? Preach. Amen. <laughs> uh, yeah, Yugi has been blocked by Duke in the last episode from like advancing his dungeon path forward. So he has like little random holes here and there, but there's no way forward for him to set down a new dice and like dimension a new monster and so yugi is like in his mind palace thinking about this and he goes he he rolls the dice and aha he gets two level four summoning crests which means that he could summon a monster but then duke reminds us again too bad you don't have space to dimension the dice because apparently he wasn't loud enough the first time he said it (laughs) Hey, uh, you can't dimension the dice. You don't have any room to dimension them. <laughs> Yuki says, and this is, this is, this might be a worse line. I think this is a worse line somehow. Yuki replies, don't be so sure. There's more than one way to dimension the dice, Duke Devlin. You just have to believe. Just believe in the dice and you can dimension them. It's very like it's very new math, you know. Like, yeah. there's more than one thing that two plus two can equal if you just believe in yourself. And Duke Devlin is like, "What the hell are you talking about? There's no room on your side of the board for you to do anything." And it's like, "Oh, watch this!" And Yugi places a dice, a die just so, and so it starts to unfold, and it looks like there's no room for it, but it unfolds into like a squiggle Tetris shape. Mm-hmm. It's like a like a like a little zigzag, and it fits perfectly into that one tiny little spot, the only slot he had left to dimension dice. And can you guess who comes out of the dice? Who gets well, dimensioned? Duke A is freaking out, right? Like he he grabs his head and he shouts, "You completed the summoning!" Yeah, he can't believe that. He completely missed these open square slots next to each other. He is he is incensed. Uh, and up from the die, someone, an old friend, shall we say, is dimensioned. Uh, do you do you want to? I'm gonna in, in, introduce who arrives. It's John Cena. Do, 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 no, do. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, it's not. You can rising see in a beam of light as the the die dimensions and unfolds. Uh, it's our close personal friend, Dark Magician. And Duke sees this happening. He's like, Ah! Oh no! He is so distraught that this fictional character exists on the holographic board now uh, because it's not just any holographic fictional character it's Yugi's best friend it's it's Yugi's buddy 
It's using Yugi's old college pal, Dark Magician. <laughs> we lived in a dorm together, freshman year. Uh, and yeah. <laughs> I, I have nothing else funny to say about Dark Magician appearing. Dark Magician appears, he moves, he kills Orgoth. Yeah, he... Boom, bam, bing. Uh, Orgoth, the uh, relentless, uh, is relentless no more, and he just gets immediately blasted to smithereens. Ta-da! Uh, Joey's line here is great. Joey says, on watching Orgoth the Relentless <laughs> relent, uh, Joey says, hang that from your ear and dangle it, dookie boy. <laughs> Which is not a thing that people say. Which is not a thing, but... Um, is he referencing this single dye earring that Duke has? He must be. Otherwise, uh, it makes no sense. is a fashion choice, I'll admit. But, uh, yeah. Uh, Duke is in a panic now. And he rolls and he moves uh, his card, the Dark Assailant. Which is creeping up on you in a dark alley. It's literally, it's just a skeleton in a green vest. Yeah. You gave a skeleton a green puffer vest and called it the Dark Assailant. <laughs> and this is what you get. Dark Assailant is a, wearing the finest Patagonia. <laughs> he is. He's a, he's a, 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 a North Face model. Yeah. He, uh, he's an Instagram influencer. <laughs> Hashtag live authentic. Uh he lives uh, authentic and uh, moves by bouncing up and down and laughing evilly. I mean, that's how you know he's a true influencer. Yeah. <laughs> he, like, hops, like, a foot in the air to get, like, he, like, hopscotches between each uh, dungeon tile, I guess. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, the whole time. Just, just... Yeah, just the best evil vibes. I actually really like Dark Assailant. I think just from this one scene, I make fun of him, but I think he might be my favorite card this episode. Yeah, we can uh, we can talk about him later. Yeah, uh, and he moves him to the the chest. Now you may be asking, what chest? Do you remember literal two episodes ago when he played a chest and said, "There's a chest, but we'll come back to that later." Yeah. Now is later. <laughs> Duke mentions that he summoned an item and he summoned this like random chest out on his side of the field and then just left it there and ignored it for the last two episodes. So it's just been sitting there this whole time in plain sight uh, doing nothing. But uh, Dark Assailant opens the treasure chest and out of the treasure chest he gets an item which isn't really an item because it's also a monster it is the it's the best kinder egg is what it is (laughs) yeah it's what every kid wants in his easter basket uh out of the treasure chest crawls monster cannon which is a giant lizard with a freaking howitzer on its back and taya has to ask what's that thing do (laughs) what does monster cannon do well Well, i'll give you two guesses as the name implies, it cannons monsters. And the thing of that this item does is uh, it shoots monsters like a circus act. Dark Assailant crawls into this cannon on the back of this lizard. And uh, he's going to get shot uh, directly at um, Dark Magician. da 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 da
And in the ring to my left, we shall see the flying elephants. And to the ring to my light, my light, to the, in the ring to my right, let's see the skeleton Patagonia man climb into the turtle cannon. It's literally just turtle catapult, by the yeah. way. Uh, climb, climb into the, the monster cannon and launch himself 500 feet in the air into a death-defying, well, he's died once already, into a death-defying <laughs> act and land in this cup of water. Yeah, I, like if you tried to shoot a skeleton out of an actual cannon, it would not land in one piece, I assure you. I'm pretty sure there's a Skyrim mod for that. <laughs> shoot, this shoot cannon, like <laughs> skeleton bones. Oh no, that's actually literally, that's literally a, a Fallout 4 weapon. Yeah, I was just thinking of that. That's the one where you like get random trash and shoot it at your enemies, right? Uh-huh, and it deals damage based on the weight. <laughs> Well, now you can do uh, that with uh, skeleton bones. Yeah, so so uh, them bones and a very bones, nice north face dry bones. Uh, them north they, face bones. <laughs> they go to get shot out of the cannon when Yugi, the conniving bastard, plays uh, some magic crests and activates Dark Magician's special ability. Can you guess what Dark Magician's special ability is? For the folks at home, if you've been watching, uh, let's let's do sort of a, who's that Pokemon? It's Magical Hats. It's Magical Hats. That is, uh, has been adapted into Dice Monsters as a special ability of Dark Magician. But it basically does the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it A bunch of hats fall down and one of them goes over Dark Magician and they all like... Go whoop 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 and shuffle around. I'm sorry, one more time? Whoop whoop whoop. Thank you. And so Duke has to hit the right hat or his monster cannon will just be wasted. And so right. uh he hmm. Sorry, no, go ahead. Duke uh looks at his options. There's four hats out on the field now, and uh-huh. one of them has to have the Dark Magician underneath it. So he selects the second hat from the left because, and I quote, it's gotta be there. How does... How does he come to that decision is what I'm hooming and hawing about. He seems so sure. And also, how is he not sure? He programmed the game. Yeah, he knows that he has... Well, if it's a truly random number, he has a 25% chance to hit. But I guess he seems very confident in his ability to find the right hat. But guess what? He misses. How surprising. How surprising. Magical hats is used and he doesn't get it on the first try. He doesn't get the right hat. That's never happened before with magical hats. What a miracle. Wow. So Monster Cannon uh, shoots Dark Assailant who uh, assails the wrong hat. <laughs> and um, Dark Magician is fine. Yeah, he pops out of That's one it. of the other hats and it's just like, hey, it's me. Hey, guys. Uh, so what does he do next? He... Uh, he mo- Duke well, then... He has, he has like an internal monologue real quick. Duke is like... Oh, that's one of Dark Magician's special abilities. I hope that Yugi doesn't find out about all of the other special abilities I've given him. Yeah, so uh, his plan hasn't succeeded, so he's on the defensive now. Um, And so he tells Yoranzo to move back a few squares to protect his life points. Mm -hmm. 
And so Yoranzo does, but I do want to point out that Yoranzo is also coming out of a, a chest. So he moves around like a one is of those a, elementary is he school. A chest burster? <laughs> That's terrible. No, but go on, sorry. He Yoranzo moves around on the board like an elementary school kid on one of those PE class like plastic scooter boards with the wheels on it. Like he's sitting on top and he just has his arms down to like push him around. Because mm-hmm. he's yeah, just it's... a torso that's just going scooch, scooch. Yeah, it's like he's a five-year-old and this is kind of just his one way of, of getting around. Like feeling like he is maybe riding a bike, but not in danger like he's riding a bike. It's sort yeah. of like a safety chest. He could still run over his own fingers, uh, which I may be speaking from experience there. Aw, Jimmy. <laughs> But uh, Yoranzo is now guarding the heart points of, I don't know, column? Yeah. I guess you would call it. The pillar? Pillar, yeah. The tower. The heart. A one square sized pillar with the three heart points on it. And that's how you. Yeah. That's the thing you have to attack. That's that's the place you go. That's the, the. What do they call it in like League of Legends? Is it just tower? Oh, like the... The Tower base? of Power. Sure. I don't know. Base. Uh, anyway, so uh, Yugi uh, activates... I'm, I'm, I don't remember why he does this. There, is Dark Magician going to get attacked by something else, or is he just activating another special ability? This... He just does it, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's doing a cool move. Duke, uh, Yugi says there's... He was inspired by uh, Duke's uh, Vortex. And oh, it re- yeah. Uh-huh. It reminded him there's more than one way to cross a board. And so he yells, I activate my Dark Magician's Mystic Box. Phrasing? That's what she said. Tile your sex tape. <laughs> uh... <laughs> so Dark Magician has a Mystic Box, which opens and okay. uh, closes around him. Uh huh. And this is something I think we've seen before. Not we have. in this Yeah, we context. saw it in the Labyrinth episode. Yeah. But it Mystic Box um, closes around Dark Magician, and there's a bunch of swords that uh, stab into it, just like in a magic trick. Yeah. And Duke is like, How are you going to attack me if you're stabbing your own guy? Like, he like genuinely doesn't know how this move works. Even though he like made this whole game. Right. But, um,. So we get one of the coolest shots I think I've, we've ever seen in the show. Um, Maybe not ever. Definitely in this arc. It's a really good yeah. shot. But um, we see the mystic box from behind with all these swords uh, in it. And like Duke Devlin is like blurred and in the background. And the door slowly creaks open. And from inside the mystic box, it's not Dark Magician, but Yoranzo's hand slumps out. Yeah, it's very like it has like a like an old Western cadence to it in a way yeah. where it's like very suspenseful. And then you just see, oh, wait, a hand slumped out of the box. That's not Dark Magician's hand. That's <gasps> Yoranzo's you, hand. Yeah, you get the full like effect. No, it's really good. Uh, Duke freaks out because, again, he somehow doesn't know what this card does. <laughs> so Yugi has... Switched positions with um, Yoranzo and Dark Magician. 
and mm-hmm. uh, Duke yells out, No! Your magician switched positions with my monster! And now he's in attack position! And there's nothing between us to protect my heart points! <laughs> yeah, he gets a lot out in kind of that one, that yeah, one I'm scream. Take a, he really take a just drink lets here. it all go. Uh, he, uh, <laughs> so, uh, Yugi, uh, sort of smirks and, uh, he, he sees that his dark magician is within range of Duke's heart points and he commands the dark magician. He doesn't, he doesn't invite this time. He, him and dark magician are, are tight. They know, they know what's what. Uh, he, he commands dark magician to attack Duke's heart points and he eliminates Duke's remaining heart point and wins the game. And there's this huge explosion of power, and Duke just screams in agony as he loses this game of dice and slumps over on his control board. As he has just lost uh, the children's dice game that he invented. That he invented and chose to live stream to an audience of millions. Against a child who is known as the King of Games. <laughs> you come at the King of Games, you best not miss. <laughs> Uh, Joey, on seeing Yugi win, Joey exclaims, my dog days are over. Hooray. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And then some rando kid outside, they cut to outside again. just like grandpa celebrating. And some random kid is like, wow, he really is the king of games. (laughs) He won two different games. Therefore... all both of them. All, all both games he has won at. He He's truly the king of games. He really is. Uh, we fade out, and we fade back in on a... Uh, is this an office? What is this? Is this like a yeah, living room? It's like a lounge area inside the, the game store. And they're just... The gaming lounge. They're just hanging out on couches and chairs uh, with Duke around his, like, coffee table. Resting after working up a sweat playing that dice game. In the gaming lounge. Yeah, they, I guess, (laughs) agree to just kind of go and hang out with Duke for a while. Yeah. In his office. Like, all chilling now. And Grandpa's there, so they would have had to go and get him. Right, which means that they probably, like, ab- addressed the crowd at some point. Like, we don't get a shot of that at all. No. And I feel like if we had, we would have avoided this next line, which is Duke just being like, hey, sorry for accusing you of being a cheater, I guess. I was in a real bad place. Uh, and what does he say? He says something about being like a creep. Yeah, I was such a creep go? today. And thanks to those TV cameras, the whole world knows it. Yeah, he's like, oh, damn it. I live streamed how much of an asshole I am. <laughs> now I feel bad because I lost. Oh, just it would have been good if I won. <laughs> uh, he's been having a, a heated gaming moment all day. <laughs> and uh, his story okay, is ruined sorry, now. Before, I, before we get emails, yes, I just dissed PewDiePie on our podcast. Guy makes like a million dollars a minute. Fuck him. Continue. He's fine. Uh, Duke is not, though, because his store is ruined now, and nobody will want to play Dungeon Dice Monsters because they just saw the creator of the game lose one match of the game. And how could you possibly waste your time on a game in which the creator lost? 
Yeah, I mean, imagine if one of the CEOs at Wizards of the Coast was live-streamed playing Magic and Lost at Magic. I would just take all my decks and throw them in a dumpster. You're done. I'm done. done so. The I'm, guy who made this game can't even win at it I'm, against the king of games. I'm done so like Yoranzo. Oh, God. <laughs> no, okay. I'll, yeah, I'll give you points for that one. Uh, so they all kind of like take turns sort of not caressing his ego necessarily, but being like, no, you're not a bad guy, whatever. It's fine. Grandpa has the line that I mentioned earlier of like, I haven't seen a game this exciting since Duel Monsters. Uh, Joey, <laughs> they're like t- telling Duke that they want to play Duel Monsters and they want to learn more about it and everything. And Joey Dice says- monsters. Yeah, that's right. Sorry. Dice Monsters. If only the names weren't so similar. Uh, Who could have foreseen this being an issue? Uh, Joey says, Dice Monsters is great. It's you I don't like. (laughs) Yeah, this game you made is pretty cool. You're just an asshole. (laughs) Uh, Yugi just explains that he is so glad that all of this is over and that he can go back to playing Duel Monsters. He can finally get back to playing Duel Monsters. And it's like, dude chill you didn't play dual monsters for like three hours one afternoon you're fine i'm beginning to worry that yugi has a bit of a dual monsters problem you know like yeah. he's like, no no i i could quit like is that what this whole arc was really about yeah i could quit dual monsters he's I could quit anytime i just he's don't want just to obsessed with it right to an unhealthy level I'm the king of games man the king of games uh <laughs> So he's explaining all this to Duke and he's like, yeah, no, it's fine. Like, I just want to go back to playing Duel Monsters. And Duke is like, wow, you're really going to like let me off the hook that easy. I was such a a dick to you. And like, I really don't deserve any sort of forgiveness. How could I ever like repay you for not murdering me with your literal mind crushing powers? (laughs) Thank you for Uh, not destroying my my soul and like washing clean of the darker aspects of my personality. Which is how like... This episode could have ended five minutes into episode one of this arc, right? Where suddenly, you know, he's Duke is like, all right, Joey, if you lose, I'm going to put you in a dog costume. And then Yugi goes, open your mind. And then Duke's like, oh, that's a, that's a bad move, huh? Maybe I shouldn't do that. You know what? Never mind. Let's just go back to math. Uh, and then uh, I think we have English together. So <laughs> yeah, this whole time they've still been like, school kids right uh so yugi explains kind of what his mindset is here and i see that you've written it down so i'm just gonna let you i'm gonna let you read this yeah he has this whole speech about his philosophy of uh like games and how they bring you to interact with other people and he says let's just leave the fighting on the field because revenge just leaves you with nothing except for more bad feelings duke so Orgoth the Relentless is Bible Man. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. This is the the important lesson for the kids at the end of the episode. Huh? You just need uh, every enemy you face is a potential friend, and you just have to leave your your rivalry there in the game because it's just a game. At the end of the day, uh, maybe you'll you'll have a good friend. They're not. Uh, <laughs> That's what games are really about. As he finishes this, they shake hands and Taya goes, aw, 
<laughs> yeah, it was really sweet, actually. And then, uh, and then, beep, 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 Duke has an email. Yeah, everyone looks at Duke expectantly and is like, oh, is it good news? Because that's what happens when you get the new cutting-edge technology known as electronic mail. Everyone right, gathers around sound. the computer to, to look at these missives. You witness the miracle of electronic mail. Uh, he gets an email, and who should it be from but Industrial Illusions? Why, that's Pegasus's company. They want to make dice monsters global. They finally got wow. through all the legal paperwork and emailed Duke the contract, like they said. And Duke didn't have to do any of this bullshit because he could have just waited for like an hour one afternoon yeah. for them to send him an email. I think this is maybe the this is the episode where Duke realizes that it's Monday and the reason that he hasn't gotten an email yet is because he met with Pegasus on a Thursday and like they weren't open. Like they did the thing and then it was the weekend. Yeah. That and the, he's like, they all the lawyers and stuff. All, weekend. all the lawyers and like legal experts and like in the company have to like come back during business hours to write up all this stuff to license uh, Dungeon Dice Monsters. Right. It's not a personal slight against you. No. So, anyway, so it's like, fine, yay, hooray. Uh, and then, uh, again, continuing with the theme of the show, they have to explain everything twice. And Duke and Yugi recap that the lesson here is that a good game isn't just about the rules. And Yugi closes out the episode with uh, a quote that, you know, I, I personally feel like should be hanging above the doorway of every home in America uh, and the world. It's about having fun and meeting and making new friends because you never know where you're going to find them or once you've met them how close they're going to become. And we close the episode with an overlaid shot of Yugi and Yami making eye contact and chuckling in a way that implies that something is about to happen. <laughs> ho, 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 little Yugi. Ah, we're such great friends. Like, I kind of expected somebody to punch somebody at this point. <laughs> it's about the friends we made along the way. Pop! And then, like, loud music starts playing or something. I just think it's funny that Yugi has this whole spiel about having fun and getting to know your opponent. Even though he just spent, a, a like, a week on some random island kicking ass after ass and then never seeing those people again. Like, he didn't care about Weevil Underwood. He wasn't like, hey, Weevil, let's be friends. Hey, Mako Tsunami. Uh, we're, we're buddies now. now. What's, your, what's your Snapchat? I'll add you on my Insta. I mean, this is, and I'm trying to remember if this comes up in Battle City, this is the period of Yu-Gi-Oh! before social media exists, right? Like, it's a big deal here that the duel is being broadcast around the world. So, like, I mean, maybe they did swap pager numbers, right? Maybe <laughs> maybe they exchanged VHS tapes to let <laughs> each other steal their souls. Uh, but, you know, it, we, we don't quite get that until later on in the series and, and you know certainly in gx where it's just like oh yeah cell phones are a thing this is how we keep in touch regular telephones are a thing 
landlines. <laughs> the point I, is, Yugi didn't bother like getting to know any of these people. He that's just very true. Dueled them and moved on. He was too busy getting to know himself. That's true. He was a little distracted with a ghost in his brain. The man inside me. You never know man, where that you're joke going. is not going to get old. You never know where you're going to find new friends, even inside ancient enchanted pyramid artifacts. <laughs> even inside cursed objects. Once you've met them, how close they're going to become, such as taking up space inside your own mind. At first, I thought the pharaoh taking over my physical form would be a bad thing, but now we're best friends. <laughs> and that's it that's the that is the end of Yu-Gi-Oh! season one it is finished the real friendship was the enchanted artifacts we made along the way (laughs) jimmy what was your favorite part of this episode god my favorite part of this episode i think it was just all this cheesy stuff at the end because it felt like they were trying to actually wrap up the season on a high note and like show how far Yugi has come and getting to know the Pharaoh as mm-hmm. cheesy as it is. But you're right. That was, it was a, a nice uh, season ender. Yeah. Like it, it, it took a turn right from being a nothing episode about nothing happening and then dice rolls to let's all just revisit what's really important in life. Yeah. Hey there. Hey there, 10 year old Tyler on the couch or however old I was at the time. Uh, do you know, you know what you should think about right now? Mortality. <laughs> life is, life is short. And if you don't stop and look around every now and then you might miss it. Stop and smell the dual monsters. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can with that, uh, with the, the dual things, the, the, the dual blades that Kaiba made in that one episode. That was part of the hologram. You could smell them. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a very jarring turn, I guess is what I'm trying to say, of like, nothing, 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 nothing. Hey, important life lesson coming up for you. How does that taste? Yeah. It's like this whole thing was just kind of shoehorned in at the end. It's like a little uh, epilogue to the actual main series. It was just but on like, its own. Yeah. If if you judge it, if you judge just that part at the end, it's actually very good. The rest of this four parter is not that good and completely pointless. But no, this this four parter was build up to the final minute and a half <laughs> of this episode, talking about how games are just a way to meet new people. Yeah, uh, yeah. Eighty minutes of television to get to that point. What's your What's your favorite part of this episode? I'm trying to decide, man. That so that that last part is really good. I there's a scene earlier on that we skipped over a little bit that I think is actually my favorite, where it's right after Duke upped Orgoth's attack to 70, because that's a high number apparently. And Yugi says, without strategy, power's just an empty threat. And it's got that same sort of cadence of like, here's a life lesson for you. But it's a thing that he said, I think only maybe once or twice before. And I found myself wondering, how is that not just the tagline for the whole season, right? Like, how is that not the thing on the t-shirts without strategy power is just an empty threat. Like that should be 
the thing that we are training children of the world to say at a young age so that they can grow up to be like politically minded and like activists and like good, good people. people in 2019 who look at the things that are going on and they're like, without strategy, power is just an empty threat. Right? Like that would be a beautiful world to live in, but we skipped over that and it's about making friends with the millionaire assholes. Yeah. In fact, that's going to did be... Did I just turn my best into a worst? I think I did. But I just want to, I want to focus on the good. That was very good. But let's move on. Yeah. My worst uh, is dovetailing off of what you just said. Uh, Duke Devlin's completely abrupt uh, twist from, like, absolutely malevolent asshole little prick to being like, oh, I'm sorry, guys. It just... It felt like... It felt too abrupt to be natural. If he had been mind-crushed by Yugi, that would have been uh, a much better uh, transition. But we don't get to see, like, his mindset from being an asshole change into, like, oh, maybe I was wrong. It's just like that because he lost. It's like if... it's, It's like if Trump got impeached... And the next day, we're all sitting at a coffee shop. Not even the next day. 30 minutes later, we're all sitting in a coffee shop, and he's going, yeah, sorry, I was just in a really bad place. Like, Random House hadn't emailed me back about the Art of the Deal 2 electric boogaloo. And I just, you know, I I don't know. I just felt like like putting kids in concentration camps would maybe make me feel better. And we all go, that's okay, buddy. It happens to everybody. It's not, it's not a, let's just leave that all back in the Oval Office. What happens now is, is just, let's just all be friends. That's how uh, they defeat Thanos in Endgame. He's just like, oh, spoilers. Gee, you guys, maybe I shouldn't have killed half of all life in the universe. Aw, man. And then they're like, oh, Thanos, that's okay. And then they all get shawarma together. (laughs) And that's how Avengers Endgame ends. (laughs) It uh yeah no I I agree with you I think that's my worst as well just the abrupt shift from this very disappointing four parter into a very uplifting end is yeah. like oh is this actually uplifting hmm it would have been uh less jarring if there was some supernatural element to it where Duke Devlin's mind has been washed clean of sin yeah by maybe what if what if they gone the other way if instead of a supernatural element like what if he what if he recognized hey that option's there but let's spend maybe a fifth episode in this arc talking with duke sorting through his problems and the fifth episode is just therapy (laughs) therapy for duke that would be a real weird twist in a kid show but probably one that uh would be beneficial because we've never seen something like that happen before Right? Helping I mean, the bad guy to understand what he did was wrong. And it, yeah, I mean, hey, if we're talking about ways that television can influence the uh, the hearts and minds of youngsters, uh, showing you know de destigmatizing uh, some group therapy sessions would be a great way to do it. That's not what happens. Uh, he just no completely abruptly changes, and he's a good person and Yugi's friend now. That's the power yep. of friendship. Uh, what's your worst? <sighs> you know, my my worst, I think, 
I think it's it's gonna be the same as yours, honestly. I I can't think of anything worse in the episode than just that abrupt shift from this guy who has basically enslaved a peer and forced him into this like life of ridicule to the point where Joey is having a like mental breakdown and it starts to accept himself and his life as a dog. And he switches so quickly from that to this like remorseful character. And then they just give him the, the easy out. Yeah. Right. Like there's no, there's no like reparations for Joey. There's no like action of remorse. They just kind of pay it lip service and move on. Yeah. He like, Two minutes ago, he was fully prepared to, like, force his classmate to wear a dog costume and act like a dog. To the point where other classmates who, I mean, I don't know what their agreement with Duke was, but his fan club, basically, are threatening to put a muzzle on Joey, who is a human being. And no comment is made about that. That just seems like a normal thing to say to a person. Yeah, they have... Uh, without consent, dragged him into their weird uh sub dom relationship. Yeah, and it's like, like well, it's like a it's like a dom subs sub sub. That's my favorite thing to get at Subway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the sandwich they get at the it's end a, of Fast and Furious movies. It's a, it's a giant sandwich. It's so big they have to tie it up. <laughs> keep all the meat from spilling everywhere uh and then you gag on it um yeah so that's my worst i think i I agree with you that was kind of just like a a shocking twist to a mediocre episode yeah it was it's not great anything else we want to drop about this uh this real letdown of a finale yeah hey let's just keep the energy moving last episode of the season all right yeah, let's uh, let, let, let's move on. Okay. This episode ended on a kind of a dumb note, but that doesn't mean our episode has to end on a dumb note. Jimmy, have you listened to our podcast? <laughs> That's our brand. <laughs> I have not listened to my own podcast. We end on dumb notes, my dude. <laughs> That's the thing we do. Oh, that's fair. The episode lasts for two hours of us saying nonsense about a children's show, and then we end on a dumb note. <laughs> well, let's do it then. All right. It's time to end the episode. Jimmy, as we do every week, we like to talk about some cards of the week. This week from the episode, I would love to talk about our old friend, Dark, Patagonia, North Face, West Face, East Face, Assailant. Who I have not Googled. I have. What is the card text for Dark Assailant, please? Good heavens. His appearance on the card is a little different from in the show. Um, Oh, they... My boy. This guy looks... They took his head. This Dark Assailant looks much more like uh, Skull Kid from Legend of Zelda. It looks like if Skull Kid from Legend of Zelda and Valdo from Soul Calibur had a, a baby. <laughs> yeah. Why does he have... He has, like, the Sheikah eye. 
he has knives on his hands. Or no, those are kunai that he's holding. Yeah, he's holding them he like has, wolverine claws. And then he has two rapiers on his back. <laughs> he's got a lot of things to assail you with. I suppose. But his cartex also, is kind of boring. He's wearing very actually, bright colors, too. I just want to point out. But yeah, okay. So what's his cartex Actually, uh, this is much better than I thought it would be. There's no like extra rules or anything that he abides by, but... Uh-huh. Uh, he has an attack of 1,200 and defense of 1,200. He's a zombie. And the card text says, Armed with the Psycho Sword, this sinister assassin rules the Badland. So many questions. <laughs> there, what is the Psycho Sword? Is that capital P, capital S, Psycho yes, Sword? That is, the, that is its proper t- title. A named sword, the Psycho Sword. Armed with the psycho sword, this sinister assassin rules. Is it capital B, capital L, Badland? No, it's two words, uh, lowercase Badland. Just the the land that is bad. <laughs> Not you know. the Badlands. It's the land that is bad. The bad land. It is untenable, yeah. unfitting for crops. <laughs> <laughs> but he rules it, the dark assailant, with the psycho sword. The Psycho... Okay, what happens if you look up Yu-Gi-Oh! Psycho Sword? I don't know. Because uh, he is not... He, I don't think he even has a sword, at least in this he, art that well, I can has, see. The he, one that I'm looking at, he has two rapiers on his back. He's got some rapiers, them, but... Neither of them would be Psycho, necessarily. I wouldn't call either of them Psycho. Psycho Sword. Uh, psychic Sword. Uh, I don't see anything about there being a psycho sword in Yu-Gi-Oh. There's the psychic sword, which is not any of the the weapons that Dark Assailant has on their person. Uh, and then there's the psychic blade, which is an upgraded version of psychic sword, because that's how sword progression works. Uh, and then the fourth thing that came up for some reason in my search is a card called Supremacy Berry, which is just a very cute bird. And that has nothing what? to do at all with Psycho or Sword. <laughs> um, huh. The, yeah, what is I, the Psycho Sword? The card certainly isn't going to tell us. I very much want to know more. <laughs> yeah, I want to hear more about this world where Dark Assailant rules the Badland with his Psycho Sword. And the, we're being not just any that. Psycho Sword. The Psycho Sword. The Psycho Sword. Capital P, capital S. Psycho Sword. Huh. Alright, this... well hey, you know what? I made I made fun of Dark Assailant before for being a, a, a Land's End model. And you know what? I have respect now. Yeah. He's got to keep warm in the bad land. Not the bad lands. The bad lands are plenty warm, but the bad land, shit's cold. <laughs> he just has to go out to REI and get some new, spend his uh, member benefits to get some uh, some crampons so he can climb the ice. <laughs> Maybe Let's get play a that nice game blanket. where two, two Californian to Portland transplants try to name as many outdoor stores <laughs> as they can. Mountain Warehouse. Uh, Dom's Hardware. <laughs> uh... uh we have another card of the week this week. Yeah. And that's our random card of the week generated by my random list of every possible Yu-Gi-Oh card. Jimmy, I realized 
because of some things that we want to do next season, this may be our last random card of the week. I hope it's a good one. It is. Oh, good. It's... It's a card that I'm very excited about for a variety of reasons. First of which being the name. Are you ready? I'm ready. What is our last card of the week? Our final randomized card of the week, potentially ever, is Batlin Boxer Lead Yoke. (laughs) One more time, please. Batlin, like battling, but without the G. It's just like an apostrophe. B-A-T-T-L-I-N. Oh, hell yeah. I'm on board already. Continue. Boxer. Lead. L-E-A-D. Yoke. Y-O-K-E. I can't wait to see what the result is for this. Batlin Boxer Lead Yoke is a four-star warrior slash XYZ effect monster. Two level four Batlin Boxer monsters. If a Batlin Boxer monster you control would be destroyed by a battle or card effect, you can detach one XYZ material from this card instead of destroying one of those monsters. When an XYZ material or materials is detached from this card, this card gains 800 attack, and it has 2200 attack and 2000 defense, and he is a swole boy. Yeah, I'm looking at the art of this guy. What on earth is this Final Fantasy-ass guy even doing? The fuck is he wearing, first off? Yeah, that, that is the, the most pertinent question. Okay, okay. Start. Let's start with the face. He's masked. He is masked. But what kind of a... It's like an all-metal... It's like a shiny, silvery metal mask with a face mask, and all you can see is these two glowing red eyes. Yes. And that that head is presumably, somehow... Attached to a very, very muscular body that is dressed like if Juggernaut were magically transported into the world of Gladiator That's starring exactly Russell Crowe. what I was going to say. He is a very... I don't even know how to describe these clothes, but there's a lot of straps. So many straps. It's like a leather... It's a minimalist sort of leather Gladiator armor with a purple skirt... And red everything else. All the leather, all the padding, all the everything is like a fire truck red. Uh, he's got sort of a sort of a gray body and no toes. It's worth pointing out. He's not wearing shoes, not no socks. Just doesn't have toes. Oh my god! God. Yeah. I'm looking at that uh, now and imagining just like flesh in the shape of a f- shoe, and it's ugh. It's like, do you remember when uh, MacBooks had the the Mighty Mouse that only had a single sort of click? Yes, I have one here, uh, and I swapped it out as soon as possible for this much better Razer mouse. And uh, uh, there was a, a joke ad that came out for that, and it was like, perfect for people like me. And it was somebody who just had like a mitten for a hand. <laughs> it's like that. It's very much like that. So, okay, so the the head that I mentioned previously is uh, stuck in a giant metal contraption, a, yeah. a yoke, shall we say. I guess that they is a yoked. Yoke. It's like, it looks like a cross between like a stock that they used in old times to punish prisoners where like your head and your hands were stuck through it. Mm-hmm. And like 
but okay. also like an ox yoke. Yeah. Because there's there's two head holes, and through the other one, they just put their fist and are holding onto this like handle. Yeah, he is. He, his his hand is stuck in the other hole. There's only two holes. His other hand is not exactly free, but it's loose. Right. And now, why? Okay. So, what? What? Why do you say it's not exactly free? What's going on with that hand? Uh, because he is shackled to this chain right. that wraps around the. I, I don't even know what the end of this yoke thing is called. It's like a big wooden. It's hand, like a giant handle. Like a giant yeah. handle. And this uh, this chain wraps around the handle and out of sight. And his other hand is also has a chain attached to it, going to uh, off the card art, the other side of the handle. The most baffling thing about this image to me. Okay, <laughs> giant man. He's in a yoke. There's there's a yoke handle. He's yoked in more ways than one. Strapped. They do look like nunchucks. Thank you. Nunchucks? I just said nunchucks like I'm six. Uh, Lauren, I need you to tell me what is strapped to this gentleman's back. PVC pipe. Yeah, but why is it that shape? Is it a bong? (laughs) I think it's a bong. I think it's a giant bong. I think it's a bong without the water bit. It does look like a bong or like the water. A, a six foot tall fire hydrant. Yeah. It's like a weird waterless upside down bong. It's like a bong drawn by a person who has never used a bong. Is it one of those uh, injectors for cupcakes? Oh. Filled cupcakes. Do I look like someone who knows what a cupcake injector looks like? <laughs> you look like somebody who's benefited from a cupcake injector once or twice <laughs> in your life. <laughs> uh, it looks like, is it is it one of those gas guns that or smoke guns that beekeepers use on bees? Yes. To make them sleepy. Is that why he's wearing the mask? Is he a beekeeper? <laughs> beekeeper. He's, and he's chained to some num, nunchucks, nunchucks. I so <laughs> that's what she said. Title of your sex tape phrasing. So um, I don't know. Maybe he angered the bees and they, <laughs> they chained him. They yoked him into some nunchucks. It's like a. It's like an alternate ending. Not ending to uh, uh, the Wicker Man. Not the bees! The bees! Not the bees! But it's the the bees that are the citizens of the town, and they they yoke him and put him in front of people. Why is he wearing part of a samurai uniform as well? Did it read a samurai to you? Because it reads as gladiator to me. Samurai helmet, maybe. The The skirt thing is kind of samurai. Yeah, that's that's what Lauren's gesturing at. Yeah, 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 the skirt thing. It's not a skirt. Yeah, it's... Huh. This guy is... How, f- how far out do you think the handles go? Final question. Uh, which handles? Uh, the, the, like, yoke handles. I don't know what else to call those. Yeah. Why is only one hand chained? 
Well, because there's only two yolk spots. <laughs> that's what I'm wondering too. What is this guy's deal? On the end of them? See, that's why I'm asking the the question about about how long they are. Because what I can't see when I when the card doesn't show me the full object that it is meant to represent, I have to assume that the lines extend infinitely. And he just he's just holding the yoke that splits the universe in half. At least as long again as he's tall on each side. Oh, I like that. It's sort of like a like the thing that tightrope walkers carry. Yes. Yeah. He's a samurai tightrope walking beekeeper. Beekeeping. What's Stoner. Oh, I didn't tell you his name. Yeah. Uh, his name is Batlin Boxer Lead Yoke. He's a boxer, too. Don't forget that. He battles. With no uh, um, free hands. Yes. He's very good. <laughs> is Batlin it... Boxer. So he's a samurai beekeeping, bong smoking, Batlin Boxer Lead Yoke. And there it is. Our card of the week. <laughs> is it lead yoke or is it lead yoke? I said lead, it's like oxen. Lead. It's probably lead, like heavy. I think you're right. All right. Uh, there it is. The card of the week is our, what is it? Weight, samurai weightlifting beekeeping. What? Samurai beekeeper bong smoking battle and boxer lead yoke. Said with such conviction. <laughs> I want to see this guy in action now because everything about him screams that he would have some just insane, sick-ass combos in Soul Calibur. Well, Jimmy, you're in luck because you can see him in action because this is a card that comes up in Yu-Gi-Oh! Zexel. Oh boy, Zexel. Uh, Zexel is... Not the most recent season. That's Vrains, but I think it's the series before that. Uh, and boy, howdy, do his thighs just keep going? <laughs> they just they just grow infinitely. Uh, if you look up Batlin boxers, uh, you get to a uh, not the Wikia, oddly enough, but a website called Yu-Gi-Oh Noob. Uh, which is a WordPress site uh, that shows some pretty great screenshots of uh, Batlin Boxer lead yoke, uh, the bong no smoking, beekeeping, weightlifting samurai bro. Uh, and yeah, it's pretty good. I'm trying to find like a clip of him in the anime, but all I've found so far is just people building decks around him. Oh, sure. Well, I mean, that's that's really where the true entertainment comes in. If you have somebody who lends himself very well to anime, the first thing you want to do is make sure they work in your card game, Jimmy. Come on. Of course. Man. Anyway, that's our that's our card of the week. That is a great card to close out the season on. That This dude <laughs> is definitely going on our Instagram. Absolutely it is. Uh, all right. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at youactivatedmypodcast at gmail.com. If you want to uh, visit our website or see any of the things we do, that's heartofthe.cards. 
uh, or our Twitter and Instagram pages at Yampod. That's Y-A-M-P-O-D. If you want to download the rules to Jimmy Wins or Jimmy Wins 2, that's heartofthe.card slash Jimmy Wins and heart of the cards, heartofthe.cards slash Jimmy Wins 2. Uh, if you want to listen to Jimmy's other podcast that is ending either now or very soon, I guess. By the time when... this episode comes out, I'm pretty sure the last episode will have dropped synchronicity uh that's uh dungeons against humanity uh dungeons against humanity.net d-a-h podcast on twitter we're making the podcast <laughs> jimmy is there anything else that you want to you want to leave our listeners with as we close out season one no other than thank you for listening thank you so much yeah i i again i i ranted and raved about this at the beginning of the episode but it truly does mean a lot to me that people listen uh, as we mentioned in weeks previous, we're going to take a little bit of a break. Uh, we'll still be, you know, making some stuff here and there. My goal is to release some like mini bonus episodes for the rest of the month. Uh, but we will start season two in earnest, uh, in June. Battle so, City! Yeah, I'm so excited for it. There's going to be a new theme. We got new segments. Uh, I'm going to be working on new album art here pretty soon. It is going to be really, really fun. Uh, so please, if you have friends who have not yet heard the podcast, tell them that it's about to get very good. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited for Battle City, and I know zero about it. Yeah, I. It's the more I think about it, the more bits and pieces come to me. But I'm very excited to get into something where I just have like as little recognition as possible. I'm going to go in blind. Great. Good. Yeah. Avoid the trailers. You don't want to be spoiled <laughs> for battle city. Uh, okay. Well, Hey, with that, uh, we will see you. Uh, we'll put something up next week, but definitely check out like the Facebook, not the Facebook. I keep saying the Facebook y'all fuck Facebook. Uh, check out the Instagram page, which yes, I know is owned by Facebook, but that's anyway, check out the Twitter. We'll have some stuff on there. And, until next time, I activate my Dark Magician's Mystic Box! <laughs> <laughs>